Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. My name is Kate Noel, and I'm an eating disorder recovery coach. It is a just extreme passion of mine to help people experience food freedom and recover from their eating disorders and experience body freedom and overcome all of the challenges that come with food and body challenges. And so I'm here today to talk about one of those challenges that many people in recovery face, and that is extreme hunger. Yay! (laughs) So today's episode is on extreme hunger. I, a couple, you know, people on the internet space have called it recovery hunger, which I really like that. Extreme hunger, it's so, it's such a, obviously it's an extreme word. And when I hear extreme hunger, I feel like it's like an extreme sport. You know what I mean? It kind of is. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. Um, and so we can call it extreme hunger. You can call it recovery hunger. Uh, you can just call it what it is, which is hunger in general. So we're here to talk about that. Just to start a little disclaimer is to always consult a professional for dietary advice because there is a condition. It's not super common. It's also not really talked about much, but it's called refeeding syndrome. And it can happen when you begin to refeed yourself. So it's something that is important to just talk with your team about or develop a team. Just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. What is extreme hunger? Do you feel like you can eat and eat and eat and keep eating even when you feel physically full, even when you've had all your meals and snacks? Is inconsistent? Do you feel out of control? Do you feel like one minute you're full and the next second, like five seconds later, you're hungry, you're starving? Uh, You feel hungry. As soon as you wake up, you feel hungry you know, when you go to bed and then the next day you don't feel that anymore, then maybe the next week you do, it's chaotic, right? So it's kind of one of those weird topics that for some reason, not a lot of people talk about, but so, 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 so many people experience it. When we restrict our food, not necessarily only if you have anorexia, but any sort of eating disorder, chronic dieting, if you've been been fasting, detoxing, purging, any restrictive eating disorder, your body, our bodies will produce more of the hunger hormone, which is called ghrelin. So ghrelin is the hunger hormone and leptin is the fullness hormone. That's simplifying it, but we don't need to get too scientific here. So essentially what happens is when our bodies are in a state where we're not getting enough nourishment, when we're not getting enough energy calories, when we are mentally, physically restricting our food, regardless of if you're compensating for it or not, just if you're restricting any sort of food mentally or physically, our bodies 
will tell us that they're not happy with that. You cannot become an intuitive eater or a normal eater without tackling this extreme hunger or recovery hunger first. A lot of people want to skip this step because it's uncomfortable to be hungry, especially this hungry. And it's often a reason why people will go back to eating disorder behaviors, right? Because they will experience this extreme hunger. They'll experience episodes of extreme hunger. And they will say to themselves, okay, I just binged and now I need to compensate. And it really perpetuates this cycle. So the ghrelin in our bodies, what happens is when we continuously ignore hunger sensations, like at the beginning of our eating disorders, for example, or just for however long, we ignore our hunger sensations. Eventually, the body will stop producing these hunger hormones. It's kind of like if someone keeps knocking on your door and you never answer, eventually they will give up. So this might seem appealing to your eating disorder, right? This might sound like a little fancy, easy hack. It's a way to, you know, let your eating disorder win and and just not eat because you're not even going to be hungry. This is not sustainable. The body is not designed to deteriorate, right? So we stop producing ghrelin because you're not listening to your body. You stop becoming hungry. There are consequences to this. And this state, this constant chronic state of stress and lack that the body experiences, your body will remember this, right? It will come back with a vengeance, which is what extreme hunger is. So the ghrelin comes with vengeance. The body needs major repairing. And because of the patterns that it has learned from you over the past month or years of cycling through this eating disorder, compensating, maybe quasi-recovery, then going back to restricting, whatever whatever eating disorder cycle that you find yourself in, or just body manipulation, right? You know, over-exercise, anything like that. Basically, your body doesn't trust you that this starvation won't happen again, and, and it thinks it'll happen again soon, If especially if that's really a state that you're in for a long time. Which, honestly, a long time, that's subjective. It could be a month, it could be a week, whatever it may be. So your body wants to play catch-up, and it wants to know that you will be safe, you will survive when there's no more food for a while. If your energy intake doesn't match up with how much you're exerting, day-to-day life, your body cannot, will not, it will not last, right? This state will not last. Many of my clients have gotten to a point where they have had their eating disorders and they've in the past been able to maintain a life with their eating disorder behaviors. And they, there comes a point where your body just simply cannot do that anymore. It refuses. It says, no, your body ramps up. A lot of people are surprised by this. And I think it's important to note that when you lose weight or just when you engage in behaviors and you're not giving your body what it really needs, regardless of if you lose weight or not, especially if you lose weight, you are not only losing body fat, you are losing organ mass, right? You're losing mass from your bones, ligaments, joints, heart, brain, kidney, liver, digestion. Your digestion really gets impacted a lot. I mean, 
it all gets impacted, but your hormones shut down. You literally don't have the same microbiome mass as your healthy counterparts who are intuitive eaters, which the microbiome actually weighs a lot. So bacteria is so present in our bodies and that weighs a lot. So essentially your, this state of manipulating your body is not sustainable. That's what I'm really trying to hone in. And so I think a lot of people in recovery and myself, this was my reality as well, is you start to recover and you just want to get over it, right? You're like, I just want to wake up tomorrow and for this all to be over, but you really have to address all of the, you know, consequences that you have put your body and mind through, which is why recovery is so hard in a lot of ways is because you're addressing some sometimes years of abuse to yourself and not really addressing the underlying core beliefs and problems. So extreme hunger, as much as it's hard to do this, something I work with my clients a lot is not uh, as reframing this and not focusing on why this is bad, but really understanding why this is good. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we can talk about, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So every single cell in your body needs repairing if you have an adapted metabolism. If you're interested in knowing more about what happens in a starvation response, I have a metabolism episode that's helpful, I think, and will be clarifying for you. So every single cell in your body gets impacted by restriction, um, by eating disorder behaviors, by chronic dieting. So let's give an example of the digestive system. So the digestive system could experience, and usually does, a slowing down effect. So you don't go to the bathroom as much. The digestive system slows down. The microbiome shifts. Like I said, it weakens. You don't produce enough enzymes. Maybe you're producing a quarter of the enzymes required to digest your foods like a normal person. I shouldn't say normal person, normal eater. Okay. Your body could be in chronic stress response. So that's another digestive you know, lack that you'll have there. Your stomach acid production might be too much, might be too little. Your bladder lining weakens, your intestines get permeable. So these are just some of the stuff that could be happening in the digestive system alone. So the, your entire central nervous system is really affected by this, you know, restriction. And so if we think about, okay, this is how much my digestive system is impacted by it. Just imagine, you know, your every cell in your body, every system in your body, you are one holistic person. So every system of your body is in in desperate need for consistent nutrition. And really what's what I think is a lot a lot of times stressful for people is that they think, oh hey, I had a great day of eating. I followed my you know meal plan today, or I just ate all my meals and snacks, and I got full and I felt satisfied. And then they're frustrated because then they might have extreme hunger the next day or the next week, and then maybe they'll feel bad about it because their eating disorder tells them that hunger is bad, and so they'll compensate, you know, another time, or they'll do something to try and make up for that. Or they just won't honor it enough, right? They'll just say, I'm, I'm, I already had my food. I'm not going to eat anymore. I already had what I had. And I'm just going to ignore my hunger, my extreme hunger. That is also not staying consistent. So the body craves consistency and safety. 
Um, so this is what is so important about honoring these pangs of extreme recovery hunger is that the body just wants to see you showing up for yourself. Many people think that experiencing extreme hunger is not possible if, you know, I'm at a healthy weight. Let's talk about weight. I'm at a healthy weight or I don't have extreme hunger because my body has, I've gained the weight I needed to gain and I'm, I'm just out of control. I'm just out of control. So that's something I hear a lot. And in reality, you can be at any weight and still experience extreme hunger, any single weight. The weight on your body is not just fat, like I said. And on top of that, this is about compensating. It's not necessarily all about the weight on your body. So I really want to hone in on the fact that when, as soon as you deny the extreme hunger by saying, by writing it off and saying something like, well, I'm already at a healthy weight or no, I'm just binging or no, I'm just out of control. Delete binge from your vocabulary. If you are coming from a restrictive eating disorder, I there's so many distinctions that you can make to classify a binge. I would say truly most of the time, if you're coming from a restrictive eating disorder and you are very, very hungry and you're eating to satisfy that hunger, both mental and physical, right? Both of these are very, very important to address. You're not binging. You are honoring your extreme recovery hunger. The whole weight piece, the whole like I'm at a healthy weight, so this shouldn't affect me or this doesn't affect me is not something I think is supportive for you ultimately um, in this time of your life. I personally have my own experience with extreme hunger. I remember having days where I would just be so hungry. It would be like a joke almost. I'd be like, what am I, how am I this hungry? Like I just had so much food. I had my breakfast and then I'm like, oh, I'm still hungry for more. So I'd have another plate of breakfast. A lot of my, and, and everyone's is different, right? So extreme hunger can look like once, you know, they can have one day of extreme hunger. Somebody could have a month of extreme hunger. Somebody could have no extreme hunger. And then at the end of their recovery journey, they have extreme hunger all of a sudden, or they, they have it the whole time. You know, it's totally, totally random once a week. Mine, I would have it like for like days. Like I would have like a couple days of just being super, super, super hungry. And then I would kind of go back to being like, okay, I'm not as hungry as I was. Um, and I remember having a lot of double servings of my food. Like I would go up and I would have another serving of lunch and I would have multiple bowls of cereal and ice cream. And it was such an interesting time because I remember just being like, I don't know, like last year, if I would have told myself this is what was going on, I would be totally beside myself. So all in all, it was just a really interesting time. Another kind of question I get asked a lot is, what are the symptoms of extreme hunger? Because I don't really know if I have it. And something that I think is important is, are you thinking about food a lot? Are you kind of constantly thinking about food? Do you feel like you're obsessed with food? Uh, do you feel like you eat your meals and you're already thinking about what you're going to have next? Like these are all symptoms of mental hunger. And then obviously the physical extreme hunger is a little bit more tangible for a lot of people. And that's just the feeling of being hungry. Just so you know, I know what it's like, and it's very possible to feel 
like you are physically full and physically hungry at the same time. I know what that feels like. It is wild. So that's definitely, I would say, a state of extreme hunger. Now, I absolutely do not recommend calorie counting. I will say this just to give you a sense of freedom to my listeners who are really stressed about this extreme recovery hunger. There are absolutely people who come from restrictive eating disorders who, when they're experiencing this recovery hunger, can eat and need to eat 6,000 to 10,000 calories per day when they're experiencing this hunger. That is normal for people. So this is what I mean by the body knows what it needs. Like, obviously, that is a lot of energy. And, you know, we can't necessarily utilize all those calories for energy when it comes to, like, the cellular, on a cellular level in the body, which is why a lot of people in um, recovery will actually experience sweats. Like, they'll experience that heat, that energy will get burned and they'll sweat it out. Um, that's something that happens. And I know, I, I know that these numbers are very stress provoking and I recommend being as mindful as you can throughout this experience. So if it's an all day thing, or if it's just a nighttime thing, whatever it might be really being mindful and being as present as you can. Um, obviously this is very stress provoking. The key to understanding is this is that the temptation to restrict is only going to provoke this feeling more. The body can only take so much mental and physical restriction before it hits its wall, like I said. So this is the ghrelin in your body revving up and saying, I'm here, it's time to feed me, and if you do not feed me, I am going to scream louder, right? That's, that's ultimately what will happen. So yes, you are eating more than those around you, but we also need to remember that you are not a normal eater. There are consequences of the eating disorder. Chronic malnutrition is not an issue that maybe you're comparing your plate to, like your mom, your friend, your brother, your sister, your husband. They don't have the eating disorder history, the food history that you have. So let's normalize this extreme hunger because like I said, extreme hunger is not binging. And so if you're in active recovery coming from a restrictive eating disorder, you are not binging. Let's remove that from our vocabulary. Obviously, there are nuances to this, and this is not 100% for everyone. I'm just going to say for most people, bin classifying this as binging is not supportive. Either is emotional eating or overeating. Like if you are saying this to yourself during these extreme hunger pangs, you are affirming to your eating disorder and most likely telling yourself to compensate after, which is perpetuating the cycle. And I want you to remember that this extreme hunger is temporary. It has a beginning. It has an end. So the thing that you need to do, the thing that recovery is asking of you is to surrender and let it run its course. Like I said, it might come back and go away. It might hit you in waves. Nonetheless, it is not forever. Your body, and I know what you might be thinking, like, well, I'm just going to eat. What's going to happen is I'm going to eat and eat and eat and eat. I'm never going to stop eating. I'm not going to be able to function. I'm just going to gain weight until I explode. Okay. Your body is not special. Your eating disorder is telling you that, I mean, like your body is special, but what I mean by this is your eating disorder is telling you that you are different from everyone else 
and you are just the the exception to this rule and this extreme hunger is never going to go away. That is your eating disorder telling you that. You are not going to be eating all day every day for the rest of your life. You are not going to be thinking about food all the time. Thinking about food and experiencing extreme hunger is a symptom of chronic restriction. So affirming your eating disorder and telling yourself and thinking, well, I'm just different from everyone else. That is not affirming recovery. That is affirming your eating disorder. You will, I'm telling you this, that you will regain your hunger and fullness cues once the mental and physical restriction stops. To get to the place where you have the proper hunger and fullness cues, you have to honor the extreme hunger pangs. So like I said, mental hunger is just as important to address as physical. Your body is one unit. It works synergistically. So if you want to be a normal eater, you need to address both of these as equally important because 100% of the time they impact one another. A lot of times um, in, in recovery, there's actually not enough energy to even produce ghrelin, like I mentioned, which makes us feel physically hungry. So when the body experiences mental hunger, a lot of times that's just because it's so, <laughs> it might be so tired that it really has a hard time even producing the hunger hormone. So this can be fuel to your recovery tank in that your body is really just telling you, please give me what I need because I, I'm ready to operate for you. I'm ready to be here for you. And I can't be unless you give me what I need consistency, safety, and trust. So something that I think is really important is reframing this extreme hunger. I touched on this earlier, and now we're here. So I know that it's easy to react to extreme hunger. Maybe you feel mad at your body for producing this much hunger signals and this much ghrelin. I want you to start thinking of this as your body wanting to keep you safe and alive. It's your body acknowledging your potential. Okay? Maybe this scares you. Many people I work with have, okay, all people I work with have underlying core beliefs that keep them from trusting in recovery. They feel scared of the life that without their eating disorder, they will have. Who will they become? What areas of life will they have to show up? When we are in our eating disorders, our bodies are often in, in chronic stress, adapted metabolism, meaning we experience this constant food thought, anxiety, panic, depression, mood swings. We feel tunnel vision. We feel like we can't focus and we feel scared. You feel scared while living in this state, this low mood. So I want you to start thinking of this extreme hunger and just even hunger in general as your body asking you to start trusting in your life, like you can overcome these obstacles and this underlying core belief, like you, you are ready to step into your potential. You're ready to handle what life throws at you. And this is a healthy response from your body. If you have hunger, that means your body is showing up for you and you need to do the same for it. Your body is, is affirming that you are supposed to be alive you're supposed to be thriving, right? You're not just supposed to be alive. You're supposed to be thriving and here and experiencing life to its fullest potential. 
So this is a healthy response from the body. And if you can start, like, if you can take anything away from this episode, I hope that you can just reframe hunger and maybe write down why hunger is actually a really beautiful thing. Like what about feeding yourself and saying yes to life and agreeing to be here on this earth is beautiful. Something to think about. So the last part of this episode, hope you're doing okay, by the way, checking in with you. (laughs) So the last part of this episode is tips on getting through this time. So just some practical tips you could take away. Identify your triggers. So just knowing what triggers you in your eating disorder is really helpful. Coping ahead so that you, when you do experiencing these triggers, when you do see these triggers, these people, these places, these things, uh, you can have the tools that you've learned in your recovery so far ready for you so that you, you got this, you know, meditating, journaling, whatever coping ahead that you need to do, calling somebody, having somebody with you, taking some deep breaths, going to sleep, whatever it might be, squeezing a stress ball, smelling some essential oils. Okay. Next thing is to not measure and analyze yourself and your food and your body. So not weighing yourself, not weighing your food, not measuring your body, body checking, looking in the mirror before and after, like these are not helpful. These are really just oftentimes your eating disorder micromanaging your life and it usually ends with the eating disorder voice being loud. So don't measure and analyze yourself right now. This is a part of the surrender process I was talking about and it's really important to lean into the surrender. Another thing is finding gaps in your compensation. So, um, or just just realizing little micro compensatory behaviors that you might be doing or macro obvious compensatory behaviors. So anywhere in your current day-to-day life where you're not experiencing extreme hunger on those days or those moments where you actually have a normal response to food or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, are you compensating to prepare for this extreme hunger or try to avoid it? Are you exercising too much for your current situation? Are you um, eating foods that aren't actually feeling satisfying to you? Um, Whatever it might be, just understanding like where you're compensating is a good thing to do. This next one would be obvious, um, but eating all your meals and snacks, regular eating on the days that you don't have extreme hunger, eating every few hours keeping your blood sugar sugar stable is super super important um just staying consistent in this area is really really good for your body another thing is like when it comes to the types of foods to eat something i typically don't recommend is eating high volume like quote healthy foods so like eating tons of vegetables and fruits like or just eating like plain chicken or whatever it might be like this is not something that will be satisfying to you in these moments of extreme hunger. So the types of foods I recommend are more calorie-dense foods. I know this is the cherry on top of the scary Sunday for today. That was kind of cute. I like that. I just made that up. <laughs> uh, so I know this is this is scary. The reality of extreme hunger is that it's it's really about the uh, it's about the act of eating the foods that 
are satiating and that you have restricted. So typically those are not foods that are low in energy value. Um, eating foods that are bioavailable and easier to digest can also be helpful. For example, you can eat the white rice instead of the brown rice um, and just like have the foods that you've been restricting, right? This is a really good time to just give your body what it needs. Um, and if this is too hard, right? If it's like too challenging for you to think about eating calorie dense foods and a lot of them during these extreme hunger days, it's a good sign that you could benefit from seeking professional help and just having somebody there to support you and get, you know, get help through these times. Um, and then the last tip I have is to talk back to your eating disorder every single moment that you can. And so reframing this experience as a beautiful experience, kind of like I said above, having a compassionate response when your eating disorder voice gets loud, and just like being honest with yourself your healthy and wise self lives inside of you. I feel like I can say confidently that that's your baseline and that the eating disorder is not your baseline. So start talking back to your eating disorder. Don't let your eating disorder have the final word, so to speak. You know, when you like, I don't know how many of you are in relationships who where you're sleeping with your partner at night, but like I'm sure we've, most of us have been in a situation where even if we, with like, other people like siblings or parents where you just like go to bed mad at your family or your partner. That's a terrible feeling. And that's kind of what I want you to try and avoid with the eating disorder thoughts, you know, letting the eating disorder thoughts not have the last word and having a compassionate response. So for example, the eating disorder might say like, you don't deserve to eat another portion of dessert. That is so gross. Oh, the eating disorder is so mean, right? And then the compassionate self could say something like, you are in recovery from a restrictive eating disorder. You have not eaten enough food for the past year and or month. And you cannot expect me, you know, yourself to not have consequences. And I deserve to eat this food because my body is telling me I do and I trust it. That was a very long, compassionate response. I'm just, you know, I like that. I like that response better. So it doesn't have to be that long. <laughs> um, so though that this is basically my episode on, on extreme hunger. Essentially, folks, this is about, this is a time where you, you, you bounce back. You say, nope, I am going to listen and tune in and surrender this control I have over my hunger because ultimately your body knows what's up. Your mind knows what's up. The body wants to heal. Your body wants to get through this time. And I fully believe that you can do it. I truly didn't think I could. And here I am obsessed with recovery and talking about it every day. <laughs> so um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you feel like it's too scary, if it's kind of overwhelming to you, take a deep breath. You got this one day at a time. I wish I we could wake up and just it could all be gone. That's just not how it works. One day at a time, you'll, you'll get through this. Do what you can and 
that's better than restricting, you know, that's better than choosing the eating disorder. So, all right. Thank you so much for listening. And, um, if you like this episode, I'd love a rating and a review. I just hit 300 ratings on Apple podcast and I can't believe my eyes. It's so, so amazing. So grateful for all of you. And I will see you all on the next episode of Take the Cake. Thank you and bye-bye.